The Sociolinguistic Impact of Hippie Linguist Naming Practices by Robin O. Johnson from Volume 163, Number 2 of Speculative Grammarian, November 2011. There is little discussion in the literature concerning the social and psychological effects of the distinctive and unusual names given to children by their hippie parents, such as Moonbeam, Peace Karma, River, Star Child, Red Pony, and so many more. Even less attention has been paid to the naming practices of the particular subculture of hippie linguists who advocated for free morphemes in the 60s and gave their children names such as monophthong breathstream, pronoun copula, resonator, asterisk child, redponymy, and gnome. Very few people so named have kept their monikers into adulthood. Most have abandoned them, sometimes informally, but in many cases legally changing them, in favor of more conventional names, such as Fred or Alice. John and Mary are less popular among the offspring of hippie linguists for obvious reasons. My own brush with hippie linguistic onomastics left me somewhat less scarred than most, so I want to share my story. I was born in 1966 to two otherwise regular Americans who happened to be PhD candidates in linguistics, Asholodl and Bikunya O'Johnson. Several of their linguist friends had already had children, and the hippie linguist naming craze was well underway. My parents were indeed proponents of free morphemes who dabbled in lexicalism, but there was a definite conservative streak to their thinking. My father, Ashalotl, had no experience with having an unusual name, since he grew up in a small town with four other boys named Ashalotl. Thus, he was concerned about the long-term social consequences of their choice of name for me, their first child. My mother, Bikunya, convinced him that I would be ostracized by the other hippie linguist children in the linguistic department communal daycare, the Kibbutz, if my name were too square. They compromised by giving me a fairly traditional gender-neutral name, but spelling it out in IPA. Slash, Turndar, Turned script A, B, small caps I, N, slash. The slashes are indeed part of my name, though I rarely use them nowadays. It turned out that the other kids in the kibbutz were generally kind to me, though they did find my name unusually uninteresting. My middle school classmates were less kind, but by high school I learned that if I never wrote my name down and I spoke to all my teachers before classes started, none of the other students would figure out that my name had an odd spelling. I went to the same politically liberal liberal arts college my parents went to, and there no one seemed to mind or even care about my name. After college, I had some trouble getting and holding a job. One of my bosses regularly called me Joe Bin. I still can't for the life of me figure out why, and I couldn't take it. Another job fell through because I could not convince them that my passport or driver's license were real. Eventually, I settled into a job as a computational linguist for a large sushi wholesaler. Most days, I don't think of myself or my name as different from those around me. However, I regularly have exchanges like this. Hello, this is Fancy Schmancy Restaurant. How can I help you? Hi, I'd like to make a reservation for dinner. Great, what's your name? Robin. Okay, could you spell it for me? I resist the urge to say exactly as it sounds, and instead say, Turned R, turn script A, B, small caps I, N. I'm sorry, what? Turned R, an upside down lowercase r, turn script A, an upside down script A, not the one with the extra hook on top. Some people use that one sometimes, but then my name would sound more like Rubbin, though not exactly. It's kind of funny, there's not a good word in standard American English. I'm sorry, what? Oh, sorry. Turned R, turn script A, then B, then a small caps I, which is... Is this some sort of joke? What? No, that's how you spell my name. That gibberish isn't a name. Oh, yeah, well, sadly it is. My parents are linguists. Ling what now? Linguists. They study language. My name is spelled in the International Phonetic Alphabet. International Phono what now? The International Phonetic Alphabet. See, it's a universal system for transcribing the sounds of all the world's languages. You know what? I'm sorry, we're all booked up for dinner tonight. Oh, okay. What about tomorrow? Sorry, all booked up. Next week? We're going out of business after tomorrow. Sorry. Okay, sorry. But, but, I even left off the slashes indicating the broad transcription.
One day, though, the dreaded call to make a reservation went more like this. My name is in the international phonetic alphabet. But if your name were in the Arabic or Russian alphabets, you'd just transliterate it into the Latin alphabet. Why don't you save yourself some trouble and do the same? I'll put you down as capital R-O-B-I-N, and we'll go from there. How many in your party? Wait, did you just suggest I transliterate my name? Yes, of course. How many in your party? And you use the English subjunctive to do it? I suppose so, yes. How many in your party? What's your name? I'm not really supposed to say, but it's Pat. I need you to tell me how many people the reservation is for, or I'll get in trouble with my boss. Oh, uh, one. Unless you'll have dinner with me tonight, Pat. Really? Really. Please? Okay. Reservation for two, then, please. Reservation for two. I'll meet you here at eight. Gotta run. I'm in love. We were married eight months later. As my anecdote amply demonstrates, there is hope for the onomastically challenged, even those burdened by hippie linguist parents, to all except the children of modern hipster linguists who are doomed. Don't give up! Special thanks to my younger siblings, Quinn, Chris, and Sydney, who encouraged me to share my story.